In uh, the packet that you got, as you walked in, there are two envelopes. That's not a mistake. Uh, one is your general giving, uh, week to week, what we do every week here. And the other one is our missions offering. Uh, we're going to take a special offering for missions today. We're directing our time, our hearts, our money this weekend towards what God is doing in the world. We call it Live the Mission. It's a Mountain View thing that happens twice a year. Uh, and so out of that in a little bit, we're going to give specifically toward the work that God is doing globally uh, through Mountain View. And the reason that we do that, the reason that we care, the reason it's a big deal is because for the mass majority of us, and if you're the exception, I'd love to know, but we care about this because at some point in our lives, someone came for each one of us to tell us about Jesus. Right, if you are the person who found Jesus on your own, your whole spiritual growth up to this point has been self-guided and, and self-run. You are the unicorn. Congratulations. But for the rest of us, there was a point where somebody came in and someone told us about who Jesus was, his plan for our lives, forgiveness that could only be found in God through Jesus, and taught us how to become a Christian. And at some point, continues to teach us what it is to follow Jesus. That's why we're excited about Live the Mission because the church, that idea of, of telling people about Jesus continually every day is our number one job. The church has one job and that is to make disciples. Everything else comes under this. Is it or is it not making disciples? That's how we grade everything as a church. And this is something that Jesus tells us first in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, right before he's getting ready to leave earth, go back into heaven. He gathers together all of his followers and he says the first thing that's really important. He says all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. That's a significant statement because any point that we activate our human nature to say, well, you know, he says, doesn't matter because all authority has been given to me. Therefore, whatever, well, it, like doesn't matter because all authority rests in Jesus. It's the ultimate mute button. It's the ultimate. Shh. Anytime that we fight against this, he says, you know what? I've got all authority. So just settle down shh, and listen. This is all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even until the end of the age. He's saying you've got your whole life to do whatever you want with it, but within that, I have one job for you that I want you to, uh, to accomplish. One thing I want you to execute, and that's the idea of making disciples, creating followers of Jesus. That happens as parents, that happens with our kids. As we're people who go to work, that happens with our coworkers. If you're a student, that happens at your school. You're sent there, you're sent in to people's lives to make disciples. First and foremost, because God tells us to do that. But second of all, beyond that, and what we really want to focus on and get excited about, is someone did that for us first. And so as we're here this morning, as we're looking at missions, as we're going to take an offering for this in a little bit, we're doing it all in the reflection and remembering and recognizing the fact that we benefited from this first, that someone came into our lives first and told us about who Jesus was. And because of that, everything has changed. So for a church, since our number one job is to make disciples, since it's our one responsibility, make disciples. That means that everything is going to get run through that grid. Is what we do, is it making more and more people that follow Jesus? That more people come in contact with us and as a result they have a relationship with Jesus because of us? Or is it not? I think the number one thing that could mess us up is us being successful at things that don't create disciples. Us getting 
getting our satisfaction from things that don't make more disciples as a church. And so what we want to do in response to that is we want to dedicate as much energy, time, uh, dedicate our hearts and dedicate our finances towards making disciples. And we want to look at that in three ways. We want to look at it around what it means for us to go, what it means for us to give, and what it means for us to pray. So first off, we go with the good news to make disciples. For all of you, you, you hear that and there's probably like an ounce of fear in your brain that says if I commit to go, if I say, okay, God, I'm going to go, that he's going to take me out of my life and st- stick me in some place in Africa that does not have plumbing and God's going to say, this is where you're going to be for the rest of your life. Okay, it, the option of going isn't something that we get to choose. It's something where we say, okay, yes, I'm in or no, I'm not. Because for each and every one of us, we are sent somewhere. The idea of a missionary in our head is that we're going to have to move. But for a lot of us, God says, I want you to be a missionary where you are. You're going to get a mission field. You're going to get an assignment. You're going to be my man, my woman on the ground in this situation, whether it's across the planet or across your street. Whether it's across the planet or across the dinner table. That you're going to be the salt and the light. You're going to be the city on the hill at your own house. So that people that you live with are going to come to know Jesus because of you. That you're going to be sent across the classroom or across your cubicle or across the conference room. The idea of whether or not we're sent is automatically yes as we are Christians. God modeled that for us by leaving heaven to come to earth to bring people into a relationship with him. And as he has come, he sends us out. He says, you're going to go. You're going to be like me. You're going to be the image of who God is as you go and as you represent Jesus' saving work to bring all humanity into a relationship with him. We go. For a lot of you here, you're here at Mountain View Sunnyside because you've answered that call once. Eight weeks ago when, when we commissioned the team that's now at Prodigal Church and kicked off this morning, we sent away 150 members of our church. We said we are going to willingly empty this place and refill it to grow it back beyond what it was for God to do amazing things in the Sunnyside area because we are making a change in our life to go to Mountain View Sunnyside and see what God's going to do. We're saying yes to what God wants to do here. If you've already left once, if you've already said once, okay, I'm going, my encouragement to you this morning is that don't let that be the end. Okay, don't say, okay, I got here, I'm done, I checked the box, I'm good to go. No, 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 this is the first step. This is you responding in obedience and faith-filled, God-fueled, God-inspired movement to say, all right, I'm in. You took a first step. Now the question is, where does God want to move you from there? And that's something that that God's going to reveal however God wants to because God is God. But for us, we go with the good news to make disciples because we're made to go. And as we go, we step into what God can do that's bigger than what any of us can do. That's bigger than what we can do. We've been hearing stories from Turkey all week, and one of them is the story of a young lady who went to the church, one of the churches that Mountain View supports, that Hakan was able to start. And she came and she became a Christian. And that changed so many things, especially because her family is very committed Muslims. And for her, the the real kind of everything is different now date was when she got baptized. It's her making an outward decision of the inward work that Jesus has done in her life. She went into the water, she came back out of the water, and in their culture, baptism changes everything. And so when she got baptized, she lost her home because her parents said, you can't come back here. 
we're a Muslim family, you're a Christian, you can't come back. And she was okay with that. The reason that that's a good story is because when, when we go, we bring God's power with us. We bring good news that completely changes lives. She looks at the idea, the possibility of getting kicked out of her home and says, okay, that's going to be something that's worth it to come to know Jesus. I mean, God is God. He can do whatever he wants in whatever way that he wants, but he doesn't use just kind of whimsical plans. He uses people to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. As you and I say yes to going, we step into God's ability to use our lives for incredibly more than we could ever ask or imagine. So as we go, we're not just saying, I'm going on my power. We're not just saying, I'm going to do my best. We're saying, okay, God, I'm going. Why? Because all authority on heaven and earth rests on you. I'm going to step into this. I'm going to say yes first, and then you're going to use me however you want to use me, God. I'm going. You say all authority. I say, all right, I'm all in. And God is going to do more than we could ever imagine through that. So we go with the good news to make disciples For us here, baptism is still going. For her, it was absolutely going. She's going to her family now as as an example and as a witness and as a missionary to see them someday come to know Jesus. And here it's the same way. Just as it is in Turkey, it is here where it's us making an outward step to signify and go public with the inward decision that we're now Jesus followers. And and where that comes into a missional thing is because you invite every single non-Christian friend that you have when you get baptized. Okay, they're probably very unlikely to randomly show up at church with you on a Sunday. They're a lot more likely to show up to church with you if you invite them on a Sunday. And they're incredibly more likely for them to show up to church with you as you say, I'm getting baptized, I'm part of the service, I'm gonna be one of the speakers on stage people as you get baptized. Baptism is a missional event for us. Not only is it, is it, is it recognizing the decision that you've made to say yes to Jesus, but it's bringing the good news to a bunch of people that you've invited as a missionary event for them to find the same Jesus you know and be changed in the same way that you are. Our next baptism is gonna be October 15th. If you're interested in baptism, talk to someone at the end of the service. We would love to get you plugged in and prepped for our next baptism, October 15th. And we also do that, we do that whole going area through through what we do as a church. Okay, we are much more passionate about seeing people around us become Christians and seeing this community around this area uh, follow Jesus and have everything changed than we are just about keeping things the same. We're more excited about who's out there and seeing them come to know Jesus than we are about keeping everything here exactly the same and keeping it safe and keeping it easy. One big way that we have to invest and really put a stake in the ground and saying we're going to do everything we can so that this place knows that Mountain View Sunnyside exists to bring the hope of Jesus is our whole trunk or treat thing. This is a Sunnyside thing that's been going on for a couple years. And last year it got really, really big here at the high school. So last year uh, it took about 100 volunteers and 3,500 people showed up for games and candy and stuff like that at the high school. So this year, we send out 150 people to a different church, and we say, we're going to do the same event with who we have here. This is a massive undertaking, all right? Because we have not as far away from 100 people as we had a year ago. Like, I didn't say that right. Okay, there are a lot less people here now than there used to be. So the idea of providing 100 volunteers, this is going to be a really big thing for us. But it's going to be something that goes into the community, that brings the hope of Jesus into the community to say that we are a church that's going to tell people about Jesus. We're a place that your life can change. We're a place where your past can become your past. 
and walk into a new life with Jesus. And so one of the ways that we say that I'm going to go is you sign up to do things like trunk or treat. You might hate kids, and we need so many volunteers that your whole position for that might for that night might have nothing to do with kids, okay? You might just be the person who brings all the restocked buckets of candy to the new stations. That could be your thing. And we need volunteers. We need people who are going to be willing to go on the 30th. We also need people who are going to be willing to go on the 28th and go into the neighborhood with flyers. We're going to distribute, it, distribute them to a bunch of schools who are going to pass them out to, to students. But we'd also love to go into the neighborhood and time it and work at it so that we can actually talk to people in the neighborhood, tell them about Mountain View Sunnyside, tell them that there's a place here that's going to tell them about Jesus, a church that's excited about them. And you can sign up for all of this on your way out. This is you saying, all right, I'm in. I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know how God wants to use me, but I'm in. That's my first step in being in. So we go with the good news to make disciples. Also, we give to engage our hearts and equip others to make disciples. If we, if we don't give, people can't go locally and globally. And so we give to take, we're going to take an offering so that we can give to further the ministry that God wants to do through everything that we have. Like we talked about before with, with going, we have no clue what God is going to do when we say yes. Also, we have no clue with the money that, that we put in the bucket. We have no clue what God's going to do with that. But we want to give for two reasons. One is because giving engages our hearts with what God wants to do around the world. Right, Jesus says it really plainly, you cannot serve both God and money. In 2017, that means you cannot serve both God and money. And he's saying it's more that you take your hands off of your financial lifestyle right now, which means you live on everything that you get, you save a little bit, and if there's something that really bad comes along and you need to donate to the Red Cross by texting blah, 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 and you donate 10 bucks a time, then you can give. What Jesus says is everything about you now shifts. And just as I am for you, I'm equipping you to be for everyone around you. He flips our lives over where instead of we are at the top, he says instead, just as I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many, now you're going to go do the same. Our lives turn into opportunities for us to be used for service. Our lives turn into avenues of good news and goodwill into people's lives as we say, okay, God, you're in charge now. You're in charge of everything. God says, okay, I want to be in charge of your money. And we say, okay, I'm going to let you do that. Giving shows God that we actually trust him with something that matters. We trust him with our finances. And we trust that he knows our future beyond what we already know. In the Bible, he tells us time and time again to, to give 10%, that that's the beginning of financial obedience with God. That instead of living on everything, saving a little bit and giving whenever it's necessary, we give first. We say, okay, God, I'm gonna give you 10% back at the very beginning. I'm gonna save after that because you've taught me how to save. And then I'm gonna live on whatever's left as an act of obedience, as an act of trust that God, you know everything that's gonna come against me. You know my bills. You know what this is all gonna look like. And so I'm giving to you as an act of obedience. And just as Jesus says that we can't serve both God and money, God says, okay, how about you serve me with your money? Give it to me first, and then I'll show you that you love me first by letting me serve you, by letting me be in control of your money. We give to do that. We give to loosen the stranglehold that our money, that our fear of, of bankruptcy, our fear of poverty has over our hearts. We give to let go of that. We give to let God be in charge. 
so that our hearts are engaged with ministry. And it also, we give to equip others to make disciples. Giving empowers and giving equips ministry. And at Mountain View, that takes on a lot of really strategic, but also really creative and really amazing things. So Hakan was talking about the door of his church, that it, it's a big thing and it's got crosses and then you open it inside and there's a Turkish flag. You know who bought the door for that church? You did. If you've ever given a dollar towards ministry at Mountain View, when the bucket comes through here and you put in a dollar, you've given towards a big steel door in a place where Christianity is oppressed. Why is it steel? So that it doesn't get knocked over anytime there's a riot or anytime there's somebody who's upset with the church. We want it to be something that's going to stand up there for a really, really long time and be a safe place for believers and non-believers and skeptics. And I don't even like God, but somebody invited me here to find out about the Jesus who loves them. So you built that. You paid for that. And there's a big cross on it in the front in a Muslim city that says, this is a place where you can hear about Jesus. You did that. What else do we do? What else do you do, I should say? Well, we're also involved in the Ukraine. And just as it's kind of get a little bit cold here, it gets a lot cold there in the winter. And so one thing that you do is you bought a van a while ago. And one thing, one thing that your van does is it goes from areas of the Ukraine that are safe to areas that are part of the war zone of the uh, Ukraine with Russia right now. And it brings food, uh, I think it's every week, into the cities where there's no food anymore. Where there's people who have been displaced, people who can't get out of the city, the elderly, the poor, and it brings food there for them. That's your van. That's what your giving goes towards. It also goes towards paying for generators and paying for power in churches so that on Sunday mornings when it's freezing cold everywhere else, your generator and your power turns on the heat in churches so that people can come be comfortable and hear about Jesus in the only heated building in town. That's what your money does. Your money also goes to Africa and it pays for cows. Why would it do that? Do they have burgers there or something? Yes, they do. But more importantly, what it does is when a pastor graduates from seminary uh, for the Bible schools that we work with, they get cows. The reason they get cows is because cows are a symbol of sustainability and future there. Because you, you have your cow and you get milk from it. You, you breed your cow and it calves and you can either keep that calf for more cows or you can sell that calf and get money for your family. This is the type of thing that you do. Right? When you give, you are buying cows to sustain pastors in places where the gospel has never been so that churches can be planted and people can come to know Jesus. As we give, we are equipping people for ministry. And so everything that goes into this bucket at the end of the service, because we're going to take an offering, because we want to be opportunistic to take advantages of chances to be generous. Everything that goes in here is your money going out to fund ministry in other places around the world. And lastly, we pray. We pray to empower God's people to make disciples. We pray. Prayer is, is the end of our best and the very beginning of God's unlimited best. Because I don't know about you, but not too many of us can wake up tomorrow morning, go to the airport, hop on however many flights it's going to take us to get there, to get to Turkey, and start doing ministry. I, I don't know about you, but I, I probably can't do that. All right, If you don't have a passport, you're definitely not doing it. But our prayers can go there. Our prayers can make a difference. We want to be involved praying for the areas that need work. Uh, there's, a map up, there's a map of Turkey that's going to pop up on the screen right now. And there's a bunch of colored dots. Hakan talked about it. And these are areas where we're going to be involved in praying. 
the black dots. Why do we want to pray for those? Because those are two churches that were run by North Americans. So about a year and a half ago, there was a coup on the president's life in Turkey. The government started taking big time uh, steps of caution. And any foreigner who had a visa that they didn't approve of, they were sending those people out. So that means that six assets that you support as a church got kicked out of the country and got sent back to North America. So those are two churches now that don't have a pastor. Okay, we could probably hop on a plane and go over there and do it, but it'd be much better if we join our prayers with the prayers of the Turkish Christians and ask for a Turk to be mobilized from a different church to go there. That there go, just as yours is to go to your school or your workplace or across the street or around the table or whatever, that there go is going to be to go to one of those cities and be the pastor of the church there. Okay, it'd take a long time for you to learn Turkish, hop on a plane, get over there, knock on the person's door and say, hey, I think you should go but it could take God an instant. We ask for God to release pastors, to release missionaries. It's something that Hakan said, up here the harvest is great, but the workers are few. We can say, okay, I'm gonna invest my prayers in seeing that happen. I'm gonna invest my prayers in seeing workers released to those places. We also wanna invest our prayers in seeing workers released to the churches that have yellow dots on them. Those are bodies of Christians that are ready to go, ready to start a church. They just need a pastor. And they need somebody who's going to live among them, somebody who's going to speak their language, somebody who's going to lead them like a shepherd, who's going to be their person. Once again, I mean, we could, we could go through the language study, we could buy the airline ticket, we could get the passport, we can get the visa, or we could pray for God to mobilize a Turk to do that. Our prayers are the end of our best and the beginning of God's best. God knows every single person in that 80 million person country. And so we're just asking him, okay, God, tap one person on the shoulder. Send him to Erzurum. Send him to Chorlu. Let's start up a church here. God, you're in charge of this. Let's do this. And our prayers empower the work of that. Our prayers uh, provide safety for Hakan, for his family. Our prayers are the end of our best and the beginning of God's best. And so the question for all of us today is threefold. It's where's God calling you to go? What's God calling you to give? And for whom is God calling you to pray? And this yellow sheet that you got with your packet when you walked in, this is, this is you punching your ticket. This is you saying, all right, I'm in. And it's in in whatever way you feel like God is calling you. Below the fold, there's an option to give. We give because it engages our hearts and it equips people for ministry to make disciples. It says, today I want to give a gift of, you can put in whatever number there if you're not prepared to give today. You can pledge to give some by, by a certain date. This is us joining our heart and our ability with what God can do, which is more than we could ever imagine. And then if you open it up, there's some options to go. There's some summer mission trips that are going to come up next summer that you've got an opportunity to go on. This could be your first ever mission trip, and it could completely scare the life out of you. But you know what? You have no clue how God is going to use you on that trip. You've got no clue what God has in store for you, how he wants to change your heart and shape your heart for missions. And as you go, you're stepping out in obedience for God to use you, for God to move. There's a bunch of different places that we're going. There's Good News Club, which is leading, a, basically leading elementary school church, doing kids' church here, but, but at a school midweek so that kids can go to school and then stay afterwards for a little while to hear about Jesus in a way that relates to them as kids. There's food and clothing distribution, which happens at main campus. It's something we want to be excited about. 
And I'm praying that there's some way that we can move that here because there's a lot of people who live here who getting to Ashland and Fowler on a Saturday is pretty much the same as saying, okay, go to Spain. Right? It's really far away. But I'd love for that to be here someday. And then there's the live the mission option to pray. There's a missions prayer meeting that focuses strictly on missions. There's Sunday morning prayer, which is here at 845. And there's the exchange prayer, which is praying for the next generation. Wednesdays at 6.30. And we respond with this. This is us punching our ticket to say, okay, I'm in. God, whatever you have for me. Worship team is going to come up right now. We're going to close with a song called Immeasurably More. And it's our declaration in mission. Declaration as we punch our ticket, as we drop this in. That I don't know what God has for us to go. But as we say yes, we have no clue what God has for us, but we're stepping into God's ability to do more than we could imagine. As we pledge to give, we've got no clue what's coming for us. Okay, we don't know if we're going to get home and our air conditioner is going to be on fire, all right? But as we do, we're trusting that God knows more than we do for our future. And he says, if you honor me with this, I'm going to take care of everything else. And as we pray, we're saying, okay, God, I'm pairing my ability to pray with your ability to take action around my prayers and to do more than I could ever ask or imagine. God, I'm trusting you with this. So let's stand, let's close. Father God, I thank you that you are a God that came for us. And we're here today because somebody else has come for us. It could have been a parent, it could have been a friend, it could have been uh, someone we ran into one day who told us about who Jesus is and told us about Jesus' love for us. And God, just as you sent someone to us, Lord, today, we are surrendering to be that someone to go. To go where you send us, to go where you push us, to go where our heart breaks for what's happening and we want to see more freedom come to people as we say yes to you. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, to forgive you of your sin, to change you into a new person from the inside of you to the outside of you, I want to give you that chance today. And you're not saying you're perfect. You're agreeing with every other Jesus follower in here that we're sinful, that we're broken, and that we need help, which can only be found in Jesus. So if that's you and you've never made that decision, I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus today, I just want you to look at me and raise your hand. And as we close, someone's going to pray with you and it's going to be the best decision you've ever made. So one, God loves you. God's always loved you and will always love you. And today he's calling you to follow him. Two, all of us, me included, have done things in our lives where we say, God, I'm doing it my way, not your way. The Bible calls that sin and Jesus came to pay the penalty for our sin. And three, today's your day to say yes to Jesus, to make the individual decision to follow him. Is there anyone like that here today? Just look at me and raise your hand. Okay. I see you where you are. We're gonna pray with you as the service ends. All right, it's the best decision you could ever make. Is there anyone else like that where today's your day to say yes to Jesus? Find freedom in him. All right, so as we close, we've got the bucket up here. This is our missions offering. This is what we're giving for God's work around the world that only he can accomplish. But we're stepping in and we're saying we're partnering with this. We're giving to engage our hearts, equip equip people for ministry. And there's also prayer cards up here. I encourage you, grab one of these. There's names of assets that we support around the country or around the globe. Grab one of them. You can go to the sides. You can go back to your seat, but pray for them. 
as we're worshiping, as we're responding, pray for the face that's on your card. Say, God, I want you to, to be great in, they, in their lives. There's kind of how-to instructions on the back for us to step into this, for us uh, to do everything that we can to step into God's ability to do more than we could ask or imagine around going, around giving, and around praying. Let's worship and respond.